0: In our previous episode, we reflected on the witnesses to the nativity and how we too can be witnesses in today's world. This episode focuses on those individuals who lived the nativity, Banahia, Joseph the betrothed and most importantly Christ. Finally, we will consider how we can live the nativity in a God-pleasing manner. Banahia's journey to the nativity begins from her infancy. Although her life at this young and tender age may seem distant and unconnected to the later birth of Christ, the events of her childhood were pivotal as they moulded her into the holy woman she would become, a person worthy to contain the uncontainable God. At the age of three, Panagia's parents, St. Joachim and St. Anna, dedicated her to the temple in Jerusalem, where she prayed ceaselessly and was guided and fed by the angels. It is clear that from this first stage in her life, Panagia was pleasing to God. She was a holy offering to Him, and the feast of Panagia's entry into the temple on the 21st of November, so close to Christmas, reminds us that Panagia's spiritual upbringing in the temple shaped and strengthened her character for her future God-bearing role. From her youth, Panagia strove to imitate the life of an angel, attaining all the virtues. Saint Nicodemus the Ayuriti said that Panahia did not sin, not even harbouring a bad thought. Instead, she was humble and reverent in everything, speaking few words, being quick to obey, kind and respectful to all. When Panahia had to leave the temple, she was betrothed to the righteous Joseph, and the Annunciation of Our Lord occurred four months later. Here the Archangel Gabriel appeared before Panahia to announce the joyful news that she would bear Christ. To this, Banahia said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. St. John Chrysostom says that Banahiya found favour with God due to her humility, citing it as the sole means of attracting the grace of God. And in Banahia's response, we also see her tremendous modesty and obedience. Her faithful response demonstrates the highest obedience to God, especially when considering Panagia's context. She would have been persecuted and her life endangered if it was discovered that she was expecting a child without being married. Despite this, Panagia unhesitatingly obeyed and humbly submitted to the will of God. Panagia was the most blessed woman who has ever lived because of her complete willingness to receive God's grace and to hear the word of God and keep it. For this reason, she was considered worthy to be the mother of our Lord. We see this in full during the nativity, where despite all of the hardships of the journey and the need to give birth in a cave, Banahia did not groan or complain. Rather, she accepted God's will for her with complete humility, and her humility did not end there. Banahia knew of all of the prophecies regarding her son, that she was the bush that burned but was not consumed, that she was the branch springing from the root of Jesse. The Venerable Bede writes that Mary was comparing these things which she had read were to occur with those which she recognised as already having occurred. Nevertheless, she did not bring these things forth from her mouth, but kept them closed up in her heart. This speaks to her humility and modesty, and for this reason let us glorify her through whom we have clearly seen the obscure types and shadows fulfilled, and through whom we now perceive the light of the truth. Despite the radiant glory of the Theotokos, There was also another figure who is often overlooked in the story of the Nativity, Joseph the betrothed. Joseph was one of the only people that knew Panagia had conceived Christ as a virgin through the Holy Spirit. Throughout Mary's pregnancy and birth, Joseph took care of her. According to St. Theophilact of Ocrid, it is for this reason that God permitted the virgin to be betrothed so that Joseph might take care of her and watch over her. But Joseph's role in the nativity is more than merely static. He actively overcame the manifold temptations around him which urged him to see the Virgin Mary's conception as anything other than divine. But more than that, even before realising that Mary had conceived Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit, Joseph was good and merciful. St. Matthew in his Gospel states that it was because Joseph was a just man that on finding Mary was pregnant, he decided not to make her a public example, but put her away secretly, without the knowledge of anyone else. St. John Chrysostom states that not only did St. Joseph spare Mary the disgrace of being an alleged adulteress, but he saved her from the death penalty. See a man under self-restraint and freed from the most tyrannical of passions, for you know how great a thing jealousy is. Saint Joseph conducts himself now by a higher rule than the law. He neither accused nor upbraided, but only set about putting her away. Furthermore, upon hearing that indeed Mary had conceived through the power of the Holy Spirit, Joseph rejoiced and happily complied and was obedient to the angel's word and God's divine plan. Even after the nativity, Joseph's role did not end. When an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, telling him to flee into Egypt with Jesus and his mother to prevent Herod from destroying Jesus, St. John Chrysostom commends Joseph's obedience. The saint states, Joseph, when he had heard these things, was not offended, Neither did he say, This thing is hard to understand. Did you not say just now that he should save his people? And now he saves not even himself, but we must fly, and go far from home, and be a long time away. No, none of these things does he say, for the man was faithful, neither is he curious about the time of his return. He simply submits and obeys, undergoing all the trials with joy. In the Gospel of Matthew, when an angel appears to Joseph again in a dream, telling him to take the young child and his mother and go to the land of Israel, Joseph once again obeys and takes them to the city of Nazareth, where they will be safe. But whilst it was necessary for Joseph to be betrothed to Mary so that he could take care of her, St. John Chrysostom states, In truth, the child supported his mother and protected Joseph. So too does Christ protect us and those who are obedient to his will and accept it with joy. Most important of all who lived the events of the Nativity is Christ. Christ's journey to the Nativity begins with the fall of Adam and Eve and their expulsion from Paradise. While some of the fathers believed that Christ would have become human in any event out of his love for us, it was the entry of sin into the world that led the pre-eternal word, light from light, true God from true God, to take on flesh and become human. Through the strange mystery of the nativity, our church rightly asks, How was he whom nothing can contain, contained in a womb? Nevertheless, God became man so that man might become God by grace, to quote St. Athanasius. He came out of his love so that we might love both him and the rest of humanity, which is made in his image. St. Philaret of Moscow said that, He was born on earth not to live, for it was not for life that his earthly birth was necessary. No, he came to die to plunge heavenly birth into hell itself, to give birth to life from death, to lead the sons of heaven from hell, to save the saved from perdition. This can be seen through the swaddling clothes that covered Christ, which the fathers compared to his entombment after the crucifixion. The way that Christ would come was designed to show us that he was truly God. As Isaiah prophesied, He was born of a virgin. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. He was born between two animals in Bethlehem, the city of David, fulfilling more of the Old Testament prophecies. His birth is marked out by other symbols and prefigurings in the Old Testament. The bush that burned but was not consumed. The figure of Melchizedek and all of the many ways in which the Old Testament figures reflected His life. As the hymnology of our Church says, we have clearly seen the obscure types and shadows fulfilled. Yet, the Nativity does not just emphasize Christ's divinity and fulfillment of the prophecies. It shows His perfect self-emptying on our behalf. After all, how could He truly take on humanity without becoming like us in every way. For this reason he took on our infancy. He humbled himself to be born in a cave. To quote St. Paul's epistle to the Philippians, he made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. For this reason, to quote St. Philaret of Moscow, Your own personal Bethlehem is sealed within His humility. The inner sign of our awakening to salvation is made manifest in the outer sign of the newborn Saviour. Following Christ's example, we too must adopt His humility and simplicity. How can this be achieved? Through remembering in the words of St. Gregory the Theologian that this is our present festival, It is this which we are celebrating today, the coming of God to man, that we might go forth, or rather, for this is the more proper expression, that we might go back to God, that putting off the old man, we might put on the new, and that as we died in Adam, so we might live in Christ, being born with Christ, and crucified with him, and buried with him, and rising with him. The Nativity is among the most important feast days of our Church, and we must live it both on and after Christmas Day. St. Gregory the Theologian in his Oration on the Nativity of Our Lord poetically expressed this when he said, Christ is born, glorify Him. Christ from heaven, go out to meet Him. Christ on earth, be exalted. Sing unto the Lord all the whole earth, and that I may join both in one word, let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. For him who is of heaven and then of earth." Living the Nativity means rejoicing in it. Saint Theophon the recluse agreed that Christmas should be a day of rejoicing for those who enter into communion with the Lord as they receive freedom, healing and peace. However, This will not be the case for those who fail to experience such sweetness within themselves as the joy of healing cannot come to one who is covered in the wounds of sin. He emphasized that to get caught up in other joys which are purposely placed during the feast to distract causes us to mock God. Therefore, to live the nativity, we should properly prepare first by prioritizing God, fasting giving alms, participating in the services, reflecting on the Christmas hymns, along with reading the Bible and spiritual books. We should ensure we do not become distracted from this mission once Christmas Day has passed. Christmas is also a time of gift-giving. God gave the ultimate gift to mankind in His love for us. He gave His only begotten Son, That whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life through the birth of Jesus. And we can imitate this love through our giving to others. Our gifts are often material, but God wishes for us to give ourselves to others through our time, friendship, and forgiveness. Each one of us has already received gifts from God, our talents that we are born with and which we cultivate. However, these gifts are not ours to keep, but to pass on to others. Once, a little girl was complaining to her mother that she didn't have any gifts. She said, I can't sing, I can't paint, I just don't have any gifts. Her wise mother responded to her, Yes, you do. It shines out all over you. You have one of the best gifts of all, the gift of friendship. You just seem to know how to be friends with people. We can do the same by reflecting on the gifts that we have been given and asking at this time of year especially, How can I share these? How can I be a friend to others? How can I give my time? These gifts help us live the true spirit of the Nativity, which is Christ's love. This form of gift-giving can continue through the whole year, so that we live the Nativity after Christmas also. Apart from this, we can live the Nativity through reflecting and humbly repenting. It is only through humility that we can live the purpose of the feast, which is our renewal and perfection in Christ. To achieve this, we can go to confession and wholeheartedly confess our sins with a true intention to repent meaning that we change from our past sinful selves. After the fall of Adam and Eve, Christ came on earth to be crucified and resurrected to ensure a new beginning for humanity. Saint Ambrose of Milan says that He was a baby and a child so that you may be a perfect human. Humility and repentance will help us to live the Nativity on and after Christmas, renewing ourselves to be perfected in Christ.